Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty. Brought to you by Asher Record Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker. Dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. All right, now that the transfer portal has calmed down, uh, I'm not sure the NIL deals will ever calm down. But with that being said, uh, are you now waiting, you meaning Trey Biddy of hogsports.com, are you now waiting for the next window, which I guess would be spring football? I'm just anxiously waiting. I can't wait for it to get here. And really? Get started up. Why are yeah, you anxiously I, awaiting? Why, <laughs> tell me why you're so excited. I want to get yeah, excited. I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Randy's, Randy's not apparently familiar with sarcasm. <laughs> do, do, you but, even, uh, do you even know a starting date, Trey, on spring football? No, I don't. I, I would assume they do a few practices right before spring break and then hold the rest of it after. That's kind of what has been the the trend the last several years so that's what i would expect them to do and um i can't even remember where spring, when spring break is middle of march sometimes march so 20th is the first march day. 20th well, the first that's day. a monday right mm-hmm. okay yeah last year i felt like i tried to outline and guess and i i, I wasn't right they uh they were kind of tricky with uh with the the setup for spring so yeah um i mean i'm trying to enjoy not having to be a bunch of places and stuff right now <laughs> obviously basketball is still going on but uh yeah it's it's a lot where you know anybody in in college athletics now especially coaches and, and players and stuff um i'm just covering it i'm not even doing the the heavy lifting of it so um but to to go through the gauntlet of fall camp and then the season, and then you dump right into a 45-day chaotic window with NIL on top of recruiting and all that stuff. Um, I, th- I would think the only thing you'd be looking forward to is a, is a little bit of a break. So does that mean you won't have streamers and a party hat on when they announce the dates of spring practice? <laughs> I'll still get excited. I love spring football. I love football. That's that's kind of what's interesting about this job. It used to just be recruiting and um, and the season. And now, I mean, you spend as much time covering the off season because there's so much stuff going on as you do anything else. So, um, yeah, it's uh, college football has changed a lot. No question. I wanted to ask you that on purpose because I'm 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 looking right now at hogsports.com and we're getting a great amount of flavor coming from Andrew concerning spring baseball in particular mm-hmm. Arkansas uh, baseball. Then you've got a story on four-star junior uh, Elijah Moore set to announce Saturday on 247 Sports. Then there's several articles by Curtis from last night's game. And um, the one I wanted to focus on in particular, I know, Rick, we talked about it a little bit earlier last night uh, or earlier on the program uh, about something that happened last night. I don't know that a, a star was born. I'm not sure a leader was born last night. But I loved what Devo Davis did. The lead was down to 11. 
And uh, this is the second half. And quite, quite a comeback was being mounted by LSU. So Devo just turns the official. He asked for a timeout. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think, and this may be, guys, has there under Eric Musselman, number one, has there ever been a captain before? I don't know if any of his teams so. so far in Arkansas have so. a captain. Don't or think captains. so. Yeah, I don't well, recall that Last night, that the unofficial captain stepped up and called the timeout, and I thought that was great. Yeah, I, I think – I mean, I don't think there's any question that – that Debo has become the leader of the team. I mean, whether he's become the leader or if he was the leader from the get-go, um, I don't think there's any question. Now, he does some things that are sometimes a little crazy looking, but I also feel like, you know, the players are doing a little bit better job of being aware that, you know, he may throw a no-look pass out of nowhere, you know, um, and and are catching him more often. So, um, you know, I think that just comes with – playing together more and and getting used to each other but uh must said i think that devo may did he say like three or four other times he's called timeouts well that's what eric musselman said i i don't remember ever before i mean unless he's on the ground on the floor scuffling for right with another player over a jump ball but i'm just a timeout to say hey we need to go regroup yeah yeah where he's just dribbling down the floor he calls the timeout I don't think he's ever done that before. Yeah, and I think right before the media timeout. Yes. Isn't that yes, right? Right before we were going to go to the media timeout. Yeah, about a minute before yeah. one. Yeah, I think it was 9 Before we qualified to yeah. go to it, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but if he hadn't called that timeout, might, might have been a seven-point lead when he called it and when they called it instead of 11. So probably good that he did. Yeah. And they came right back out, scored, got a turnover, came back down and scored again, didn't they? I mean, it kind of. It totally changed the momentum of the game. And from that point forward, Arkansas went back to looking like the team that built up the 25-point advantage, Mm -hmm. Uh, the greatest, the biggest lead that uh, they had on the night. So I'll just ask him. All right, Troy, here's here's a question for you. Uh, This is concerning. Well, let me read this one first because this would definitely. Thank you, Hoggy, for the great advice. Um, I. I hope that um, I might could be able to take advantage of that. But anyway, uh, from our Asher Wrecker Service Company live feed and feedback, Lennon Sherwood says, wreck update. Says, looks like they are working to maybe get the left lane open at some point. They have a backhoe and two bobcats working to get all the debris that was spilled on the freeway cleaned up. One of the 18-wheelers has been removed. Out mm. of the left lane, however, it wow. looks like it will be a lot longer before they can get the right lane open. Gosh, that's so brutal. Traffic update mm. uh, on Interstate 40 around the Marlton exit. And actually, it's between Marlton and Russellville, or Atkins, I should say, where the accident occurred, apparently. Uh, Willie Boy says, Trey, will Nico Davier make an impact next year? I think he'll definitely play more. He saw action in several games this season. Uh, he was kind of like a 270 guy. My experience always, a guy comes in at 270, he'll leave at 300-something. So uh, I think that he's going to remain inside in this new four-man front. 
Uh, I think that's a good fit for him. And, yeah, I, I see – I think they felt like that the moment he stepped on – well, I mean – you feel that way in recruiting, but sometimes you're just wrong in recruiting until you get guys up here working with them. Um, but I think they felt that way very early that he was going to be a player for them. So, yeah, I think we'll see him a good bit next year. Let's talk with nobody. Nobody, good afternoon. You have a question or comment from Trey or for Trey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I sure do. Uh wanted to ask a question. Is there a trophy for having the most timeouts left over at the end of the season? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't mean it's ugly, but I was talking to my kids who, as a terrible, I realized I'm a terrible parent when they ask who's Nolan Richardson (laughs) on the court there. (laughs) Um, I I just realized that, man, the teams go on a six eight point run, Nolan's on timeout, he's chewing butt. And I don't know that I've ever seen I can't remember ever that that Musselman called a timeout in the middle of a run like that to break it up. It seems like he always plays to the break. Um maybe because there's so many commercial breaks and whatnot, he just doesn't think it's necessary, just let him play through it. But anyway, I I'm just curious about that. Um he actually about called one against football. Missouri during a run, by the way. He did call one at Missouri during a run Missouri yeah, was making. So he, he does call timeouts. Yeah, you, okay, but so. not a lot. Not, not a lot. Not one a in lot. 60 games, you know, I, I, I would take that next time, but, you know, what do I do? All right, so um, all these lost players in the portal, you know, is, you know, is it really that much different from the natural attrition that occurs class by class? Because it seems like, you know, we, we've always brought in 18, 20, 25 guys a year, but by the time they're seniors, there's only three or four of them left. Yeah, well, you might be on uh, a little bit of an exaggeration, but they've always brought in, you know, around 25 or, or less every year. That was used to be the maximum. Um, but, yeah, you'd get to the end, and you'd, you'd probably have 10, 11, 12, maybe 15, you know, if it was a good class. And you would have to leave. I've broken this down before, but if you have like half your class redshirt every year, you know, back in the day when you'd sign 25 high school guys, if you wanted to keep signing the limit every single year, then you would need at least seven or so players, and that doesn't include walk-ons, getting put on scholarship. You would need seven players at least to leave your program every single year to bring in a class of 25, minimum. So, Okay, so uh, apart from – you know, the seven mandatory, and and there's at least another three or four that, you know, either go pro or transfer or drop out of college mm-hmm. altogether, you know. Injured, so yeah. So I'm just when – we, when we're allowed to bring people in like we are now, which was prohibited before. I mean, you go out and grab a kid and play next year. You couldn't do that before. It took us two years to rebuild when these kids jumped ship. And now right. we, we – we've got a little opportunity to rebuild on more proven talent. So I just wondering if you really thought it was that drastic of a change or if it wasn't more a little beneficial to us that it actually works this way now. When I say seven players, I'm including players who are injured, players who go to the NFL draft and things like that. So it's not like, you know, seven players and then three more players and then two more players. You know, it's just seven. 
Um, so, yeah, 25, I think, is what the number is, close to that. I'm not sure exactly. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's like 25, give or take. Um, it's a pretty significant number of players to leave your program. You know, something I think is interesting also, I was thinking about this the other day. When the NCAA used to penalize a program, they would they would reduce your scholarships. They would That's limit, right. You know, how many players you could bring in a class. Well, now, and first of all, that didn't matter anyway. I mean, they hit, they supposedly hammered Ohio State back during Tatgate and all that stuff with Trestle, and they won the national championship a couple of years later. So, yeah, it didn't impact them too much. But nowadays, you can go out and build a roster pretty quick. You know, you don't, you don't necessarily, it's not something that's going to, you know, hit you and then you're going to keep feeling it for the next four years because you can, easily go out and build a team and build a team with quality depth versus in the past where you know you might have a bunch of freshmen on your roster that you're trying to develop over the years and just doesn't really matter as much anymore so i wonder if they might look at changing how they penalize teams i know i went off your off topic a little bit but it just it made me think about that well it seems to me when you rank where we ranked in defense and, and I'm not saying Last. that we shot the lights out on offense, but I mean, you're, you have, now you have like room to actually improve more immediate than what we've had to do in the past. I mean, if we were in the, if we were last in defense a decade ago, 15 years ago, it would take two or three years and maybe a new coach yeah. to get us back to where we were respectable again. How bad would they um, have been on thing, defense last year? I'm sorry. How bad would they have been on defense last year if they didn't have Drew Sanders, Latavius oh, yeah. Brini, Terry Hampton, oh, Jordan I, Dominic? Oh. I mean, Dwight McLaughlin. It would have been bad. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they were last yeah. in pass defense anyway and pretty low down overall in, in the country total. Um, yeah, so. But, you I'm know, everywhere, a, everybody, that was, that was one of the things – that was one of the things I was talking about last year was, like, you look at the team, you're like, man, it's a really good-looking team. Not a lot of holes, not relying on young players. And then at the same time, I was like, well, what does everybody else think about their team? You know, what does LSU think? They brought in a ton of transfers, Ole Miss. And we see it just kind of balances out a little bit. You just kind of – you have to fill your holes because everybody else has their holes filled. Let's talk with uh, Ronnie. Ronnie, good afternoon. You got a question or comment for Trey? I do. Hey, Trey. Got a uh, just hey. want your opinion uh, with a new offensive coordinator with Danny that's coming back up on the hill. Do you think that our focus may be uh, a little more on the pro style type quarterback and maybe either looking for them in the portal or watching for them coming up through high school? I'd kind of like to have your opinion on that. Yeah, Thank I think you, that they'll have a they'll have a more you know open mind on what a quarterback needs to be because I think the offense um, can be kind of molded. However, I, it it always you you always do want to have in pretty much any offense you have a guy that can run at least some. Um, but I think Enos's offense has adapted over the years. Uh, certainly at Maryland, you know, it was a different type of offense than he ran with Brandon Allen at Arkansas. You know, you still see the RPO, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it just depends on the quarterback that you have, the system that you run. So I, I don't think that in college the way things are with rules and 
and things like that, uh, it just it benefits you to have, you know, up-tempo and, you know, a dual-threat quarterback. And I think they'll continue to recruit those type of players. You know, they've kind of, it feels like with Enos, shifted their attention to Walker White more uh, mm-hmm. as the quarterback that they want in this class, whereas before it was Michael Hawkins. Hawkins is, you know, really fast guy. But Walker's fast. Walker, you know, he's been clocked at a 4.5. He's got a 36-inch vertical. He's a very good athlete in addition to having a really good arm also. So, um, and Brandon Allen, when he was at Arkansas, and, you know, that was really the second-best offense that Arkansas has ever had, um, you know, Brandon was a pretty willing runner as a quarterback too. Wasn't anything like KJ, but he was a willing runner. All right, Trey. We will talk with you tomorrow. That is Trey Beatty of mm-hmm. HogSports.com. It's being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company.